Hey, welcome back to another episode of Parker's Pensies. I'm your host, Parker Setacase, and this is a podcast where we explore all the deepest ideas in philosophy, theology, nature, and life. I really love thinking about cool stuff, so come think with me. This is a very special episode. I will be sitting down in person with Jim Grunwald, the head wrestling coach at Wheaton College. He's also a two-time Olympian, Greco-Roman wrestler, uh, just a legend. Like, homie can do 100 pull-ups straight, like, He's crazy. I love this guy. I uh, helped coach with him for a couple of years over there at Wheaton, and I learned a ton from him. So I'm very happy to have him have him back on the podcast to talk about his new book, Not All Roads Lead to Gold. Uh, it's a it's a fantastic book going over Jim's career. But then there's all these like wise lessons that you can apply if you're not a wrestler to your own life. So um, just it's it's about perseverance, uh, faith and persistence like this guy's an animal so uh, i really love learning from him before we jump in though i want to thank everyone who's making this podcast happen over on patreon if you like this podcast you want to see me continue to do stuff like this continue to do in-person episodes as well um, please consider becoming a patreon patron you can find the link in the description wherever you get in this podcast at that would be huge that would be a huge boost uh to the podcast so thanks for the support there you can also drop a uh, super thanks down here somewhere uh, and that's like above and beyond for the patrons, or if you just want to give that way and support a one-time kind of thing, that's cool too. Um, more ways to support. You can buy some merch from my merch store. I'm wearing a, some Parker's Pensies merch right here. This is uh, Android Parker. There we go. And, uh, that's another, another one from Chase Han. He's the man. Um, you can check him out at uh, Bullseye. I think I have a link in the description, but uh, Ch- Chase is the man. So so buy some gear, support him and I from the gear store, the merch store. Um, you can also find us on the Discord channel. You can find us in Parker's Pensies Ponciers Facebook group, uh, where we're having a lot of discussions in both of those things, Discord and the Facebook group. Um, there's probably other ways I keep forgetting. There's a lot. There's a lot of ways to support the podcast if you want to. Please do that. You can leave a comment here. You can You can like and subscribe. That will help all the numbers. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star review and leave a comment. It helps. It helps push this thing out to more and more people. So if you like the podcast, you want to see it grow, please do some of those things. All right. Well, without further ado, let's jump right into talking with Jim Grunwald about his book, Not All Roads Lead to Gold. And again, uh, maybe not again, but I should say the uh, link to the book will be in the description. So check that out. All right. Let's jump in. All right, so welcome to Parker's Pensies. As you can see, I am sweating up a storm. We, <laughs> this is hard setting up, man. Yeah. This is wild. But I have with me Jim Grunwald, and uh, Jim is the head wrestling coach at Wheaton College. Um, he just put out a new book, and I'm supposed to have it in my hands here. Jim, what's the name of your book? It's called Not All Roads Lead to Gold. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. I love this book. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I'll, let's just jump right in. So Not All Roads Lead to Gold. That's a powerful message. Like, why that message and why right now? Well, I think, number one, I think it's great at any point in, a, in the history of mankind to realize that everything that you do isn't going to be successful. Yeah. And I was actually talking with my coach, Ben Peterson, who's been an icon of faith and wrestling for the last 50 years. Yeah. And he wrote a book with, uh, he wrote a book called Road to Gold about his upbringing from a small Wisconsin town to be an Olympic champion. And, yeah. and about four years ago, I joked with him and said, yeah, but Ben, 
not all roads lead to gold. I'm like, boom, there is the title of my book. Like in direct contradiction to his. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I, I don't know. And maybe I, I like to think of it as almost complimentary yeah. to his, yeah. right? Because he was just talking about his road to gold. But if you look at his career, he didn't always win either. I yeah. mean, he also took a silver medal in 1976 yeah. where, he where he had the gold in 72. And so that's one of the things that said, hey, Ben, we can sell our books side by side. And he actually did that. He bought 10 of my books and he sells them with his that's books. That's awesome, man. Yeah, so it's just that idea that words are important. I didn't say no roads lead to gold. I didn't say every road leads to gold. Yeah. I said not all. And I wanted to be very, um, I, I thought it was, it was important to use. Words are important. And I wanted to make sure that that message through the title alone would capture the eye, the heart, the mind. Yeah. Not, so not all roads lead to gold. And your road was arduous, painful, like relationships. I want to talk about that came and went because of it. And you didn't get the gold, but it's worth it. Is that right? Like, is the road still worth it even if you don't lead to gold? Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's another reason that I wrote this. I mean, it's so hard to resonate with people like Kyle Snyder or Jaden Cox really or is. Kyle Dake or Jordan Burroughs, right? They're so successful. We're talking Jordan Burroughs is a nine-time world Olympic medalist, and I think six of those are yeah. gold medals. How many people can actually relate to the elite of the elite to the elite, where my road was more of a let's scratch and claw your way to the top. And so when I wrote this, I really did want it to be about the journey. Yeah. And so many people talk about the journey, but they're so disingenuous with it mm. so for me it was if I had a chance to redo my entire career with the exact same results is it worth it yeah. and the answer is yes because I came out the other end a better version of myself God used that road yeah. to develop me as a husband as a father as a, as a neighbor love your neighbor right and so that's why it became super important to hit those points those those points that resonate with everyone not just yeah. athletes right yeah, yeah. Man, and I love that. I love these kind of stories because, uh, man, that was me. Like, I wanted to be All-American. I wanted to be a national champ. And people ask me, like, oh, you wrestled Division One. It's like, yeah, but I was the most average Division One wrestler. Like, I started one year. Most most of us don't start. There's 30 guys on the team. Mm. Only 10 start, you know. And so was it still worth it? Did I waste my time? And it's like, no, man. And I love stories like yours because I'm like, oh, that's right. God used NIU wrestling to change my whole entire mm. life. With that in mind, though, man, um, who should wrestle? Who do you think should wrestle? Because God used wrestling in your life, right? Yeah. Is, is, is that the tool or is it just success and failure in general or is wrestling like a better tool? Should more people wrestle? What, what do you think about that? So I, I would like to think that, number one, yeah, wrestling does a great job of learning to compete. And yeah. without sin in the world, there's no need for competition. But yeah. with sin in the world... We need to learn to compete. In fact, the Bible talks about competition. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Yeah. Right? So there's that idea of competition in there. When sin goes bye-bye, we don't need to compete anymore. Hmm. But since sin is in the world, it's like anything else. A healthy competition is going to help us to compete with our sin nature, yeah. to compete with the world, to compete with life, which sometimes just sucks. <laughs> yeah. And those lessons that you learn on the mat transfer over absolutely one thing that you really like changed my mind a, a couple years ago um if you're a wrestler you'll know uh on everyone most people's rooms it's once you've wrestled everything else in life is easy and you're like no dan because mm. like kids are pretty tough and mm. having cancer or someone getting hit by a car is pretty hard and you're saying like it's a really good lesson but there's other stuff that's really hard in life too yeah and you just totally like open my mind to that where i'm like okay not everything else in, in life is easy, but I can use these lessons that I learned in wrestling to apply them to life. Yeah. 
And uh, man, I, I've just been so blessed by wrestling and God using wrestling. And I'm just like, more, more people need to wrestle. I think like it should be in our schools. Like all the kids should learn how to wrestle and probably do some jujitsu or boxing or something. Um, I love it. Well, I think we need way more of it. Yeah. What, what, what do you think, man? Should, should more people wrestle? Well, yeah. I mean, even if you think about from a from from law enforcement standpoint, yeah. I mean, sometimes you see these things where these guys get shot or tased. But I know for a fact, you you get, you teach a guy just one year how to throw the boots in, you know, ride legs. For real. I don't care how big that guy is; yeah. he's not getting off the ground. And yeah. you see, you know, you see, you see sometimes you see law enforcement they do sh- like they're doing an NFL shoulder tackle. Like it doesn't work in the NFL; yeah. it's not going to work in real life either. And if, and if it get, does, you're putting them down with their head on the concrete. Exactly. Really, like, jeez, yeah. dude. Whereas yeah. with wrestling, you can find I'm not going to say a safe, but a less injurious way. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Sure. But you can do it without crippling a person yeah. and letting them know that you're not getting up. It's best for you just to stay down yeah. without having to taser the shoot. Yeah. Or if you can't do that, and again, I'm a little fella, right? So if I get some 350-pound steroid monster, yeah. you might need a little something-something to help you out, right? <laughs> but at the very least, yeah. most people I can put on the ground, throw the legs in, and they're not, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, I just want to chase that a little bit. I, one One thing that's really frustrating for me is that... When you're done with college wrestling, it's unless you're going on, if you're very good and you're going to Olympic Training Center or something, there's not another avenue. There's not a whole lot. There's the one in Chicago where, like, the, the cabbie drivers from, <laughs> you know, the Eastern Bloc just wreck you or whatever. But if someone wanted to take up wrestling, could they? Like, could they learn wrestling, like, later in life after college? There are not many opportunities yeah. where you just have a club. Hey, come in, learn to wrestle. It's <laughs> right. not like it's a lot like almost every other martial art where you, I could be a 52 year old dude and I can walk into a martial arts studio yeah. and they're going to start me at a white belt or whatever's even lower than that. Yeah. And they're going to walk me through however many belts I want to get. Yeah. So I think wrestling would probably do itself um, a good service. Yeah by maybe implementing that as a part of it. But then again, you might be able to argue you can get a similar feel with doing judo or jujitsu, which I know is another, there are other places where you can just walk in off the street yeah. and learn. Yeah. And we, I don't know. Yeah. We need a, we need a good PR guy yeah. to, to change so, things up. The other thing is too, is now with the mis- mixed martial arts, a lot of mixed martial arts gyms do have a wrestling component to yeah. them. There's one right down in Naperville. I know they teach wrestling there. So yeah. my guess is that you could at least get an introductory and even maybe a mid-level idea of good, solid wrestling skills, yeah. even if you didn't want to fight. Yeah. Man, that's good. So um, getting into your book a little bit, you you talked about how your dad um, said, hey, you're the man of the house now mm. when you were young. Mm. Um that was tough to hear, dude. That was tough to read. I don't want to like dig in, you know, did, did wrestling take over for that? Did, did, maybe you can explain why did your dad say that? So he was leaving, right? My mom said enough is enough. And I love and honor my dad. He was probably with the best sports dad ever. And I think that came through in the book as well. But early on, you know, he had some demons and one of them was a struggle with alcohol. It was more of a beeraholic thing than a hard liquor thing. And, my mom had enough and he sat me down and he said that and he walked away and even reliving that while writing the book, it's still, when I think about it, it brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Um, so wrestling actually, I believe, was a tool that God used to 
mend our family. Now, my mom and dad never got back together, but my dad became a very positive part of my life because of the sport of wrestling. And unlike a lot of parents who lose their minds, my dad almost always just sat there and win or lose, I would walk off the mat, say, I'm proud of you and I love you, son. He would rearrange his work schedules if I wanted to go to a a wrestling tournament. He would take me where I wanted to go. And he would just ask. He never wanted to force it on me. He'd just say, son, you want to compete this weekend? And my brother and I normally said, yeah, let's go to this one. Or he'd have the list, the U.S. USA wrestling, wrestling list of tournaments. He's like, yeah. which ones do you guys want to go to? And then he would arrange his schedule so that we could do it. So wow. I praise God for wrestling for several different reasons. But one of the primary ones is that it was, it was the thing that brought me and my dad back together. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, did, did you, you talked about the Petersons, mm-hmm. uh, especially Ben, mm-hmm. um, cause he was your coach. Um, what about coaches before then? Like, did you have good youth youth coaches um, that were memorable to you that, that that taught you so they functioned like a dad, or was that not until really um, you got to college with Ben? There, my high school coach Bob Carlson mm. was an amazing man as well. Yeah, um, he was a really good example. He wasn't very vocal, and he wasn't as intent in his faith. He's a man of faith. Okay, um, I've had really good conversations with him, um, but he wasn't he wasn't Ben Peterson either. Yeah. I, I think. Um, Bob served a very good role. I mean, he was the guy that was always there. He he just he oozed masculinity, right? <laughs> he had a big chest, he had yeah. big arms. He would always challenge me in the weight room. We'd have dip competitions That's or awesome. curl competitions, and he was bigger. And you know, I was a knucklehead high schooler. Yeah. That in a way, um, I did look up to him in high school, and he was a solid guy, right? Yeah. And then Ben Peterson went next level, and then his brother John was obviously in the same mold where yeah. they taught me what it was to be a Christian husband, a Christian father father a christian neighbor and they weren't perfect at it but they were really really good at it yeah man um i'm having a really hard time lately thinking about what it means to be a christian man Mm. and i look at guys like you and i'm like okay there's a christian man but it's like you're a wrestler so people go yeah of course because he's a wrestler and it's like well frick dude we need I need more examples of what it means to be like a Christian man. Um, cause I have a, I have a, I don't want to be soft, dude, you're in Wheaton. Like I grew up here. I went to church here. It was always tucking your sweater vest and everyone was kind of squishball. Mm-hmm. And then I go to the wrestling rooms and I'm like, everyone I admire, uh, is this gruff dude and none of them are believers. Mm-hmm. And so I got the picture of like, I think God honoring manhood, actually like what it means to be a man from guys who weren't Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had that experience at all, Jim? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, so, yeah, for a portion of my life, but then you get around the and, right? You get the people who are both yeah. that physical, because our character is who we are physically, it's who we are intellectually, emotionally, yeah. and spiritually. And if any part of that's weak, it's going to rot the whole just the way an apple rots an entire barrel. Right. And so when I got around Ben and John Peterson, I got the and. I saw what it was to to be around a person who was... Um, at least Christ-like, right? We can't be Christ, but Christ was the ex- ultimate example yeah. of what a man is. You look at the way he treated women, children, children, excuse me, the outcasts of society. Yeah. He was a strong man, right? Yeah. And so Ben and John Peterson, just as Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ, yeah. Ben and John Peterson imitated Christ. And so I imitated Ben and John Peterson as they imitated Christ. And now I'm paying that forward and try to be Christ-like in my room so those guys see that strong physical man who's also intellectual who also has his emotions in control but understands the value of all emotions yes right yeah christ wept there are things that 
drive me to my knees, right. that make me weep. Right. And then, of course, the spiritual component, which is also super important. So I seek to be the and. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I love that. Um, being in, intentional about that, and intentional is such a Christian word, which is okay, but... Um, that, is that an active thing? You wake up in the morning and you're like, I, I have these men that I'm leading that I need to be like Christ to, or is it just kind of come out because that's who you are and that's who God's developed you into and how, who you've worked to be? Is it, an, is it an active thing in the morning you're waking up saying, I need to represent Christ, or is it just comes out of who you are now? So it's like a wrestling skill, right? When mm -hmm. you first learn how to do a move, you have to be very intentional about making sure that you're hitting the technique. You're creating that mind and muscle memory. Yeah. But it's like anything else in life whether it's a good or a bad, you create habits. And okay. so when you create that habit by being intentional, when I read God's word, am I praying, God, help me to understand your word the way you intended it to be understood. Yeah. And then number two, my other prayer that I try to get out daily is, Father, help me never to speak an untruth about you to my family, to mm. my wrestlers, or anywhere that I speak. So I have this desire to understand God's word the way he intended it to be understood. And then the other part. And so you see, let me give you an example, yeah. a real life example. So from a political standpoint, and this isn't me getting political, but <laughs> from a political standpoint, we got one side of the aisle that says health care is a privilege. And you got the other side saying, no, you're evil. Healthcare is a right. And so both sides are screaming at each other. And that's the conservative liberals. And they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And I tell my guys, I'm like, it's neither. Yeah. What's the biblical response to that? Well, as a Christian, healthcare should be a responsibility to love my neighbor, yeah. right? It's not a right. It's not a privilege. It's a responsibility that if I see a brother in Christ that's struggling paying his medical bills, I need to step up and do right. what I can. Right. And then what a light of Christ hmm. to share to share with somebody who's not a believer. And again, yeah. I'm not saying you need to be stupid and get scammed. That's not what I'm saying right, because there's right. that out there. We're all, we're supposed to be, you know, wise as serpents sure. and harmless as doves. So there's that yeah. and there again, okay. that we're supposed to be wise and compassionate, yeah. grace and truth, yeah. power and direction. I mean, there's a reason the Old Testament law failed to save. It gave direction, but it had no power to capture the heart. Right. Whereas Christ came and he was power and direction. So it's just another example of, okay, when I wake up in the morning, do I think about it as much to be intentional about it? No, because one of the things I've been trying to do is live my life this way. Now, there are some mornings that I wake up, I'm like, hey, you need to be intentional. You need to hit the reset button. Maybe I had a bad day the day before, yeah. and I need to make sure that I hit that reset button on my faith and my walk with the Lord to make sure that I am being intentional, that I am doing it right, to reinforce that, that good habit of being Christ-like. Yeah.